Hello. Hi, is this Peter? Peter Clark? Oh, yeah. Well, hello. Yes. Hi, Peter. This is Connor from Liquid Chords. I'm delighted to tell you What's that you... What's Liquid Chords? It's a competition you played last week to interview an artist of your choice, and you've won. It's to interview <gasps> Joshua Burnside. <gasps> Mum! I've only got to win the pod- podcast show competition. I'm going to speak to Joshua Burnside. Concha? Yeah. I'm in. Sweet. Liquid Talk about the music in your life. Liquid Chords. Hello Joshua, how you getting on man? I'm getting on very well, thank you very much, how are you? Yeah, brilliant, good to have you, you're 11th guest and I'm told that is a milestone so if that isn't an excuse for me to drink whiskey at this time of day (laughs) then I probably don't need one. Uh, Our mutual friend at Dead Rabbit was saying that he was going to send you one over to the vault, is that that where you're working out of today or recording this? Yes. Yes, that's where I am today, the Vault Studios in uh, glorious East Belfast, where I am based. Um, I, I, I would definitely, if if I had some whiskey here, I would have had a I had a big gulp of it. Um, I don't care that it's two twenty p.m. in the afternoon, man. It's just <laughs> it's locked. It, we're we're sort of in lockdown now, so I feel like that's uh, an excuse to drink whenever and however as much yeah. as, as you want. It's actually quite late in the day to be drinking. I think the start drinking. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the vault is it? Is it port? Is it Port View Trade Center? No, it, Port View Trade Center is like the sort of more upper middle class version of what <laughs> we're doing here. <laughs> They're like they've got actual heating and stuff, and uh, really big fancy rooms. Whereas we, we're all very skint artists and musicians who don't have heating in our building. But yeah. but we are much cooler. Yeah, no definitely. I can. I, I saw the radiator in the background. I thought you were just fixing repairs in your spare time, but that is the either. <laughs> no, I have three oil little oil radiators, and <laughs> it's just about keeps this place warm enough. Well, um, the music coming out of there, I have to say, it's pretty pretty decent, pretty good. Uh, thank you very much. And you you recorded the entire album, the last album in there. Yeah. 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 Um, pretty much there was. We recorded some drums elsewhere. And a few other tiny bits and pieces, but for the most part, it was all done in this wee room here, yeah, um, which I'm really quite happy with. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what I'll do next in this wee room, or if I'll do the next album in a different space. But it definitely adds a certain flavor to the to the record, which I which I liked. You know, there's there's no sound proofing in here, so. Um, you would get the noises in the background of things happening in the street and things happening in the theatre below me. There'd be people rehearsing and dancing and screaming and shouting and you'd hear fire doors closing and seagulls on the skylight above me scratching away and rain, rain battering down at night. And it really, all those background noises, I like them to bleed into into the music because it gives it a sense of space and time and uh, yeah, it adds a bit of character. Well, I hope, I, what's why? I hope it does anyway. No, it does. I and listening to the, the the song so far, um, a lot of your music's like that. You you'll have like 
random backing vocals and like, like you can you're capturing an atmosphere opposed to mm-hmm. just um like a singular vocal or whatever the the latest single is a bit like that you know it's just kind of feels mm-hmm. like there's 12 people in the room at times and then it's back to you yeah. and it kind of goes in and out and you're saying it's probably limitations that you're working within because of mm-hmm. of your of where you're working but that actually kind of makes you a bit more creative in a sense too you have to try mm-hmm. different things i find anyway yeah absolutely i think when i'm in a, in a massive studio with every available effect and instrument and tons of musicians i i sort of have choice paralysis where you have the song maybe written already and there's so many ways you could take it that um you just don't you're just stuck procrastinate on it yeah and then it ends up being being a bit crap i think sometimes you just have to go okay what have i got lying about <laughs> what mics have i got that a radiator broken? a screwdriver a radiator a screwdriver <laughs> yeah exactly and just make make it work with the things you have yeah and accept the faults and and the mistakes all the the mist all the the best things about music for me are the mistakes that become not mistakes mm-hmm. so you play a bit of whatever you're playing it you muck up the take and then suddenly you're like actually i kind of like the way that happened there or you muck up the way you recorded something you didn't check the gain properly and it's suddenly the banjo sounds really distorted and you're like actually that sounds all right and then yeah it's like working out which mistakes are actually worth putting keeping in and which mistakes actually just sound balls but um <laughs> yeah it sounds the album it sounds like don't take this the wrong way but it sounds <laughs> like you've written the album as you've went there's songs that i'm thinking there's no way you lifted a guitar and went okay this is this is song a and i'm just mm-hmm. going to create this production around it it felt it sounds to me that you're right you maybe wrote it like as you were going a bit like yeah it, yeah is that yeah that's exactly true? it yeah 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 um for sure like just kind of i always find that the kind of production side of it i kind of producing it while i'm writing it and recording it so those three things would traditionally be like separate well in in this sort of music that i'm i'm in whatever you want to call it indie or folk or alternative whatever that would be it would be normally you write the song you bring it into the studio it gets recorded and then it gets mixed then it gets mastered but I like to kind of just smash all those things into one process so that a bit like, you know, electronic artists would work like that more where they would be kind of writing and producing yeah. at the same time. Um, so I'm kind of going at it from that sort of angle. Yeah, you, it's hard to imagine you writing this album and it sounds like this if you're given a hundred grand budget in a big studio because you're, nev- you're never going to have the time behind that desk and it's difficult sometimes mm-hmm. to translate those little like nuanced ideas to a producer you can't have to figure it out yourself you have to figure out that you need to pick your input on the banjo mm-hmm. you know like you're, yeah. you're you know it's yeah mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i think i'd like to work with a producer someday who would take maybe my music in a different direction but right now i'm really enjoying kind of going down this sort of rabbit hole that i'm on at the minute and i think the next things that i work on will kind of take this sort of sound even further 
and it'll become the songs will become even less structured and even more acoustically kind of unusual and and uh experimental and um and then maybe I'll come back to something more you know uh accessible or poppy or indie or whatever in in the future again but i definitely am, i'm enjoying kind of making things sound a bit weird it to me it's it sounds great it just and it sounds like it's been made as i said from those like parameters that you almost give yourself but it's not like it's not like you've went from being a four four polished pop production artist to this like even from mm. like black dog sin early on there was you had your own unique thing and it but it it was like a bit left field you know it's not sure yeah yeah i think that so that ep if you go in that way um so i produced all that myself and that was kind of yeah that was that was sort of the beginnings of me sort of mucking around with that sort of sound i suppose um and then when i recorded my that first album Ifrata, i kind of didn't trust myself with an album and so i ended up you know recording with lots of great producers different producers um and some of the tracks were better than others but i I do feel like something was lost along the way and that it didn't have as much of that weirdness in it um so i've kind of come back to to that original sound and but kind of taken it on taking it further in that in that direction i mean actually there is songs on the album that are pretty pretty straightforward just you know guitar and vocals and all that crack or drums and guitars and the sort of standard thing but the songs that i'm most happy with are ones like i saw the night and driving alone in the city at night and napoleon's nose and the ones and under the concrete as well to a certain extent where you know i'm i'm kind of going what what can i do here that's that'll kind of be surprising and kind of interesting on the ears under the concrete's a perfect i think it's the perfect combination of the two types of song that are on that album it like yeah to me anyway it just it blends those those elements um of like you know the the more acoustic traditional sort of song with uh the others it seems to be like a centerpiece almost that album to me listening to it anyway i don't know how you feel about it yeah, no, I, I I agree, sort of, that it just kind of epitomizes that uh, kind of s- standard song structure with this kind of other thing that I'm trying to do. Um, like when I first like let my old manager, Lyndon, listen to it, he was just like, yeah, it's a good song, but the production needs to change. Everything needs to change. And I was like, what do you mean? And I was just like, like, like the, the song itself's good but like for example after two minutes it goes to dead air and it's just like birds whistling and <laughs> someone clap clapping in the background it's like this is not radio friendly yeah <laughs> from downstairs <laughs> yeah. and then it's like and then the vocals sound really dry and really crisp and it's kind of off-putting and and all this other stuff that he was like the production is just really it's not radio friendly and i was like well yeah, that's kind of the point. And uh <laughs> and he's like, "All right, okay. Well, if you think that's if you think that's okay, then go for it." Um and then eventually he did kind of came around to it and was like, "Yeah, I like the way you've done it." But I think on first listen, he thought it was a bit 
it was a bit jarring and a bit unusual. But that I think that's that's the fun in it though. You have to sometimes you have to just go do, do that you, thing that you think sounds good even if it sounds kind of bad at first to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Trust trust that they'll find that same sensation you feel when you yeah. do you yeah. do, do you ever worry or like or did you with Lyndon? Because obviously Lyndon knew shit like uh did you ever feel like a pressure to capitulate and things like that or do you do you ever feel like oh like, okay maybe i do need to rein this in or are you just do you stick by your principles all the time i think uh maybe at the start of our working relationship with ferrata there was a few songs where i did compromise on what i thought sounded right the song of ferrata itself went back and forth over and over again between me and Mike Romeka, who was do he mixed it and Lyndon and it did the rounds back and forth a few times because Lyndon wasn't happy with it and I wasn't happy with it and then it just kind of took a long time to get right. And I never think I don't think it ever was right in the end and I think Oh really? You still Yeah, like, yeah. I still think there's there's things with that song that's just like what were we thinking <laughs> so strange uh, to hear that because it obviously did that did quite well for you like it was one of your it was one of the singles wasn't it I to... no it I wasn't was, part two it was, was it it was part two this um so tunnels part two yeah it was tunnels the single two, yeah. and blood drive and hologram okay. um but yeah there's just some songs that i just felt like i didn't quite get right but that's okay just have to move on but i think i'm more confident of my own trust in my gut and just going no this has to be like this and i don't know maybe it comes from a place of arrogance or or whatever but is it feels good to trust your gut and go no this is going to sign this way and and uh that's that and uh if people don't like it then whatever i like it um but yeah i mean there's certain people I'll definitely I'll I'll definitely listen to because I know they're not yes men if you know what I mean. There's certain people, you know, close family and um and um you know people that I've known for a long time that would tell me if something was crap or mm -hmm. that something would need to change or something wasn't right. And normally, because you can kind of get when you're writing, you can kind of get blinded by your own. You're like, oh, this is glass and. This is brilliant. You're enjoying playing it, but you don't actually realize that it's not actually as good as you think it is because you're just sort of in it and you're just enjoying create, being creative and that gives you a buzz. And uh, sometimes and you go to play it for someone and they go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then you go, you have to like re kind of, you have to just sit on it and then come back to it a couple of weeks later and see what you think when that initial oh. buzz of being creative is gone and then, and then listen to the demo or whatever and go, and then you'll see maybe it from from a first time listener's perspective and go actually yeah that bit is good that bit's bad or that you know that means that bit needs work yeah there's few few more things deflating than letting somebody listen to a song that you like believe is <laughs> is, the, is the one for them not even to give you a yes or no just to they didn't even have the time to listen to the song the whole way through. <laughs> Don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, that's that's brutal. It's brutal. But that's something we all have to go through. I think as songwriters and artists in general, is that like 
one thing I always say to anyone who's like starting off is that like nobody cares. That's nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, and that's really hard. But if, if one or two people like it and then you just build on that um, and go from there. And that's even if even if no one likes it and you like it, then that's that's still it's still worth doing. It's still uh, it's the part of the process is 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 just you know making art is is the is the goal, not actually the end end product. I think. Yeah, I think being, that's being creative. That's that's well said. I don't feel if I didn't have this, if I wasn't continuously working on something on mm-hmm. on music. I don't know what I would do and that's the most important aspect for me it's there is a like you see this line that you're going to and even when you there's many lines but even when you get past that line it's never as satisfying as 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 one of the small marks and getting to that line if that makes sense so it's to me Mm. it's never satisfying releasing something in comparison to the satisfaction I got from actually creating it and doing it it yeah. yeah and making it yeah no, yeah, big time. Is there anybody from early days to now, an artist or musician, can mean be uh, author, whatever, that's been consistent source of influence to you? Um, consistent source of influence? Yeah. I'd say my influence is constantly kind of changing, but there's people that I always kind of go back to um, when I'm kind of feeling lost in the wilderness when it comes to create, creating songs. Um, artists like The Books um, have been a big inspiration for me, and Paul Simon is a songwriter. Um Paul Brady and the Dubliners and those guys what I would stick on a lot if I'm kind of feeling in a rut you know mm-hmm. um, I always forget what I listen to when people ask me I can't even remember because it's always kind of new stuff my difficult um, truth I think with that is I, I don't think I listen to as much music as other people I really don't like I think yeah I, I don't listen to I don't listen to an enormous amount of music compared to some of my friends, and I think it's one of the thing reasons I think that is is because I I, st- I started listening to music in a re- with a really analytical mind, so I, I I find it really hard. It's like a I find it really hard just to get lost in some music if it's too if it's too similar to what I do or if it's in the same sort of thing. I. But part of my brain stops listening for enjoyment and it's just analyzing the the music and how it's made, which is really after and then I'm like, Ugh, I don't like that. I don't like that I'm doing that. It's kind of uh I'm not like consuming it in just a, a pure in for like a pure, pleasurable way, which is probably why I've been listening to a lot of Irish traditional music recently, because it's um I it's more just for enjoyment's sake and just like um, as opposed to, like uh, more. You can allow yourself. You can allow yourself to enjoy it. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm the same. I think doing this podcast has definitely upped my listening 
because I've had to. I can't really like talk to you about your album unless I fucking listen to your <laughs> album. Like, um, and yeah. I'm not gonna like everything I hear. Like I know that mm-hmm. going forward. I, I but I think by listening to it in a different way, that listening to artists in a different way, I'm more capable of enjoying it because there have been artists that I don't think I normally would have listened to, you know, mm-hmm. and. Just for whatever reason, maybe because the thing you said, because it's too close to what I do, so I'm critiquing it rather than enjoying it. But coming from it at this angle, I've actually really enjoyed everything I've listened to in completely different ways. Some of it's made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Some of it's made me like really connect emotionally. Like your stuff has kind of put me in the horrors at times because it's so like it's so <laughs> like visceral or something. You know, it's like some of that music is just, and then other parts of it is just like beautiful and yeah. But I don't think do, without doing this, I would have been able to really appreciate it the way I should be able to, you know. And that's sad. Like I miss, I miss like listening to music and loving bands mm. when I was younger, and really yeah. them resonating with me, you know. That's yeah. I think, I think that's that sentiment rings true with loads of people, because well, I mean, when you're a teenager and then and then in, when you're in like your early twenties and uni and stuff, like I think you you're still kind of kind of creating your identity and a lot of that identity is wrapped up in music the music you listen to and, and what these musicians or, or singers are saying to you and you're still trying to work out what what oh, you know what what life is and having all these existential kind of stuff going on around that age as well a lot of people so i'm songwriters you know um like dylan and paul simon and then more contemporary ones like um, Connor Oberst and people like that, Ben Gibbard. Um, like these were kind of people that I would look to for answers on for stuff the way pe- people might look to religion. Um, so you kind of become obsessed with these people and look to them for answers, even though, and then you realize they have none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just like you. <laughs> you in the void <laughs> I don't um, know I don't know <laughs> and, li- and life just gets fuller and fuller as well um, I don't think life gets better or worse as you get older it just gets mo- there's just more of it <laughs> you just cram in more stuff into the day I remember being like when I was younger being bored now and again I haven't been bored in like 10 years yeah. uh, I've just been just, if there's a minute in the day it gets filled real quickly um which is well i think that's kind of that's why one of the things i kind of enjoyed about the first lockdown there was that i suddenly although it was really stressful anxiety inducing kind of time and and i had it easy because i didn't have you know it wasn't like i was working for the nhs or had to leave the house or do anything didn't have any kids to look after and or homeschool but we all had that sort of underlying anxiety to some degree and but despite that, I felt like when when you got off for your summer holidays, when you were a kid and you just had all this time and space and like I don't know and lack of sort of, gu- lack of was, guilt to do yeah nothing. lack of guilt just to yeah. sit around and do nothing and just be just to, just exist yeah. and we forget that it's I think that's there's loads of valuable lessons to be learnt from. The whole thing and i think one of them is that it's fine just to survive just to exist and just to be you don't need to constantly be trying to better yourself or or better your life or make more money or because that's the problem that's the whole reason we are 
destroying the planet it's because of this constant need to have more stuff and to get more stuff you need to be better at something to get the stuff which is just our mentality as human beings is to consume more and more and to be better and better i think we just need to go back to a way of thinking that is no you just need to survive that's all you need to do and you don't even need to do that (laughs) (laughs) don't need to do anything Uh, i remember playing with yourself a a few years ago i was in my old band and Mm -hmm. we were it was at the limelight or limelight 2 i can't can't remember which is which but it was i think ourselves uh, and ports okay yeah yeah and you're it was the first time well it was the first time I, th- I think I saw you perform live with your brother mm. and yeah. uh, totally like awestruck with his drumming just like, <laughs> yeah and uh, I got I got chatting to him after actually <laughs> it was like I think he had a few he was a few pounds deep we, I think we both were <laughs> sounds about right uh, but we were chatting and the uh, ports were about to start playing and uh-huh. he was he was just telling me about like what he was doing or whatever and I was quizzing him on his all these time signatures he was playing on but uh <laughs> uh some this guy goes sports are just about starting this guy goes shh shh fuck fuck up shh and I, was like, oh, <laughs> I, I was like oh shit here connor is connor is his name is it yeah it is yeah connor he's like oh, fuck, ignore him that's my dad <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so it was my dad there as well, and he was saying to, sh- to shut up because the man from Ports was talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Is it? Oh, that's, that's classic fucking Connor again. Get like talking over the headline act <laughs> after a few pints in, like it's like oh, no, but amazing. It was, it was as I said, like I was really impressed and listening to your music. It's you know it's not the it's not foot tapping it's not four four foot tapping and would his in, would he be an influence in why you write like why your time signature kind of so varied and you like you know different sort of rhythms would he be in him? I think because I know what he can do I take advantage of that and I don't make things easy for him because I like to keep him on his toes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I like there's no point in having someone who's so talented there if you're not gonna uh, kind of. Give us tor- torture him. Give, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna give him four four, like floor to the floor, just the whole way through. Because like, he's. I know he can do. He can do some really interesting, cool stuff. So, I kind of uh, in that way, it, it frees me up when I'm writing songs to go. I never think about the rhythms. I never think, oh, I want this rhythm to be a complicated one or I want this to be in 5-4 or 7-4 or, or anything like that. It's just the way it comes out sometimes. And it's, that sounds really um, wanky or whatever, but it's just whatever works with the words mm-hmm. and the mood of the song. And it, sometimes I actually get really confused by like simpler um, rhythms and simpler beats now and again. And like a friend, I was I was working with a track on a track that with Kieran Lavery recently, and he sent me over the demo, and it was like it was a guitar, a little guitar finger picking part that it's like the first finger picking part you learn. And I had been playing 
for some reason I couldn't get my head around it because and it was just like a four four thing and like my I just kept playing it in this weird way that wasn't right and I was I was like what is my brain is just going into these totally obscure rhythms that and I need to remember relearn how to play the simple ones yeah, I've I've played with some incredible guitarists that can play in seven four and not think about it and they can't keep time in 4-4 four, four, or it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you, do, you do meet people like that um, that's me yeah <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep time in 7-4 never mind 4-4 four, four, <laughs> we can ask this question um, just to promote other Irish artists is there anybody you've, you've listened to who's caught mm. your attention you might not necessarily know um, that mm-hmm. you've enjoyed their music yeah there's loads of great Irish artists at the minute um, I think the scene's really amazing. Uh, great stuff like Down Stuff like Lemon Shallow. Um, you're brilliant. Uh, junior Brother, he's class. Uh, Alfie, the Gloaming, obviously, are amazing. That a lot of people would know them. And uh, oh, Blankham, of course, are incredible band. Um, and then people up north that I'd be a big fan of would be. Uh, Joel Harkin, Kieran Lavery, um, Woodburn Savages, Kit Philippa. Ah, there's so Loads. much good music yeah. coming out of this island. I think we're punching above our weight. I know it's a cliche and everyone says it, but I think I actually believe it to be true at the, um, at the minute. Um, anyone who says otherwise is just uh, hasn't got their ear to the ground. Yeah, no, I agree, agree with you. M- moving forward, any plans for obviously you haven't been able to um gig or really promote the album in the way you probably would have hoped is there any plans for gigs in the new year yeah for sure um we've got a sort of tour booked uk and ireland tour in march so that would be glasgow manchester london belfast and dublin and tickets are available now i think the the gig in belfast is in the ulster sports club i think it'll be it'll sell out pretty quickly if it's not already so yeah i'd get tickets early for that um i think people will be itching to see any live music so mm-hmm. um i'm hopefully hopefully sell that one out and uh yeah well that's assuming that we'll go into wave three <laughs> but i'm <laughs> fingers fingers crossed this time it's personal <laughs> <laughs> yeah the umpire the coronavirus strikes back <laughs> Um, no, that'd be good. I'll, I'll definitely try to get up to the Ulster Sports Club gig. It it is funny that was the album or all the tr- songs. Sorry to go back. Is all the songs off in to the depths of hell written before March? It, yeah, it's just ha- it just happened to be a perfect yeah, new title for. I'm I'm worried that I sort of like brought this evil into the world. Like I sort of summoned it. Like a sort best of like promo mad. campaign ever. Yeah, it's kind of. <laughs> I like by like some sort of um some sort of wizardry some or witchcraft I like summoned all this this hell <laughs> into our lives <laughs> but hopefully not <laughs> no it's no it's been it's been a nice thing to listen to well actually been in the depths of hell Joshua seeing as it's our 11th episode we've asked a friend of the show Peter Clark who happens to be your biggest fan to ask a few quick fire questions do you think he'll even pick up the phone? I hope so. Yeah, hold on. Because he was so on for doing this earlier on, so if he doesn't... I'm very excited. 
Hey, Peter. Hello? Peter? Yeah? How are you getting on, man? Oh, is this Concha? <laughs> yeah, it's Connor. How are you? I'm all right. Um, we have Joshua on now, if you want to ask him a few questions. He's really keen to... Hey. You're joking. Josh- Joshua. How's it going? How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, very oh, well. I can't believe I'm talking to you. <laughs> I can't believe well, it. It's, thanks. It's, my, my name's Peter. Yeah. Peter, my friends call me Peter the Heater. Peter the Heater Clark, because okay. I'm hot. I'm quite hot. My body temperature is very hot. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's uh, why. Why is it so hot? I, I'm not not exactly sure. We didn't discuss this earlier. <laughs> I think if I don't mind me stepping, I think you're just quite nervous. You're speaking to Joshua, so I get him. I can imagine I, my temperature would be extremely high if I was speaking to my well, hero my face is red right, right now because I'm finding it very hard to keep this accent going but let's get started with the questions Josh you ready okay first one is I'm very interested in your song Black Dog Sin sure can you tell me uh, the meaning behind it I know sometimes mm. artists don't like to talk about meanings behind songs but if you don't mind just Give me a little bit of an insight. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, well, I guess it's uh, it's about self destruction and depression and uh, kind of going off the rails and drinking and drugs and all that sort of crack and trying to fight off the urge to just kind of um, to lose it and self destruct. I thought we were supposed to make a funny bit out of this. That's going to be funny. Sorry, that was it. Pouring uh, his heart out. Well, yeah, sorry. What's your favourite kind of Indian food? And uh, Before you answer, I I know the answer because I'm a big fan. But think about it. Come back to me. I'll I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. (laughs) Uh, My favourite Indian food is... um, Oh, I've forgotten what it's called now. I mustn't like it that much if I if I can't even remember what it's called. Oh, I like mate. it. Ironic, uh, not ironically, quite aptly. I like a, a Rogan Josh. Oh, <laughs> oh, you fell right into my trap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good, good answer. Um, you are correct, Rogan Joshua. Very good. Thanks. Okay, next one. Your debut album, Ifrata, uh, was yes. partially inspired uh, and written in the country of Colombia. Is Colombia mm. a country? Okay, good. <laughs> um, now tell me this your sophomore album Into the Depths of Hell was mm. that inspired by a trip to County Leitrim yes <laughs> <laughs> I thought as much okay last one last one right today do you know what today is uh, it's Sunday National Cranberry Relish Day correct <laughs> you got it right <laughs> alright I um I don't really know. It's not really a question, but <laughs> that's not really a question. Yeah, you're just kind of you're just kind of telling me things. <laughs> anyway, thanks Joshua for being a part of my question uh, show. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was interesting. And uh, oh, an interesting guy. What can I say? <laughs> you are Peter the Heater. <laughs> Cocktail time with Steph. Steph, twenty twenty one. Didn't think we'd make it. <laughs> oh my god, time finally has meaning again. Happy New Year. Same to you, same to you. So how are we bringing the New Year in? What have we got? 
Um, so I decided to bring in something that was funky and a bit fresh and kind of weird. And I guarantee you haven't tried it before. Okay. Okay. I'm intrigued. <laughs> Scared. Okay, so <laughs> Today's cocktail is peppered sauce. Uh, <laughs> You're right. I've never had it before. Okay. Okay. So, like, my thoughts behind this are like, we've had New Year's, we've had Christmas, there's been a huge amount of food, and now it's like, we're going to be eating, like, I know I'm going to be eating leftovers for like the foreseeable future. So, I was like, why not like make fancy pepper sauce? So, um, Right, I'm going to talk you through it, okay? So it sounds weird, but trust me, it is delicious. You haven't let um, me down thus far, so I'm going to bear with you, but I'm very sceptical, but go on. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, okay, so um, you're going to make your classic peppered sauce, so you're going to need butter, you're going to need shallots, you're going to need green peppercorns, you're going to need some stock. So I prefer chicken, but you can use beef or you can use veg stock. And then you're going to need double cream or a vegan alternative. And finally, you're going to need dead rabbit Irish whiskey. Ah. And it's really, it's so good. I'm telling you now, it's really good. So what you're going to do is you're going to whack um, some butter in a pan. I mean, like, I'm not going to tell you how much butter you should add in a pan. I feel like that's a very personal thing for everybody. <laughs> um, so you're going to have butter in a pan and then you're going to throw in um, two finely uh, chopped shallots. And um, you're going to add about three tablespoons of green peppercorns. So you want to pre-crack them before you throw them in the pan. Um, and then you're just going to let them kind of like sizzle and get happy together. And then they're going to brown. So when you see the shallots starting to brown, that's when you go, bam, in with the dead rabbit. When they're not expecting like, it. Yeah, yeah, no, you got to take it by surprise. Um, so there's no like official measurement for the whiskey. So I would say one good glug should probably do you. Okay. Everybody knows so, that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like official world standard for glug. alcohol measurements. But uh, yeah, so you're going to add a glug of Dead Rabbit Irish Whiskey. And what this is going to do is it's going to kind of deglaze the pan. So any of those fats and sugars that have kind of um, caramelized onto the pan, it's going to take them right up, make sure that they're present in the sauce. And then also, because we're using whiskey, what it's going to do is it's going to really highlight the spiciness, but also add complexity because there's still spiciness within Dead Rabbit. So it kind of adds a lot of depth to the sauce. So you add in your glug, um, you let it deglaze, um, and then you let it reduce by probably about half, um, depending how big your glug was. It might need to reduce a little bit more. Um, and then you add your stock, and then you let your stock reduce, and then you finish it off by adding in some cream, some double cream. And then um, you can kind of season it with um, salt and more pepper if you so choose. Um, but what you'll find is that just adding the dead rabbit, it really, really adds like such a, a complexity to the sauce. It's really good. I'm intrigued and I, I'm going to try this. Um, there's lots of leftovers. So yeah, I'm going to have peppered sauce and beans, I think probably. I'll have a check <laughs> with cupboards. But yeah, it sounds good. Thanks a million, Steph. <laughs> No problems. Bye. Bye. That was cocktail time with Steph. Well, nothing is bolder than the jump from the windowsill. Into the depths of hell, into the clutches of the devil himself. But never mind, that talk is a little premature. I have many sins worth. To commit first Oh, under the dead weight Of all the grey concrete creeping Cover it
children, all of the flowers, the mercy said to be all I am, all that I am, all I am, all that I am. Not from a higher spot, there's certainly a great danger. But maybe my soul will float up into the sky Where all the people dancing and clapping Will greet me with such warmth Stealing glances at our old teachers Wondering if they remember Who we are, who we are All that we are Nothing is breathing under the harsh light 